0: In trouble, Osweiler, brought down, Khalil Mack!
1: Oh, here comes Bullshot! Drifter without a helmet, J.J. Watt will always put his fingerprints on a game. Steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down, that's a sack! Darius Leonard, the maniac!
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne, and this is presented by Blue Wire. I'm excited to talk to you guys today, uh, just going to kind of go in a, a few different directions before we get to the uh, interview that I have, and that's going to be with Damon Snacks Harrison. Uh, really excited to, to get him on here and talk to him uh, about his career and just the way he sees the game. Um, he, he really shared a lot of unique insight and some of the things that make him unique as a player uh, that I think you guys will will find really interesting. So that'll, that'll be coming up here in just a few minutes, but I wanted to kick it off and just, you know, express my condolences, uh, about the, the news that dropped today about Howard Mudd, legendary offensive line coach passing away. Um, Mudd was just, you know, he was an icon in, in the offensive line world, uh, an innovator, um, he, you know, his book, he has a book called The View from the O-Line. I highly recommend you go out and purchase that. It's not, you know, it's, it's made like 15 20 bucks or so. Um, but it's something that I've referenced many times over the years. And uh, it, it's really, it's cool because he has a lot of former players uh, be a part of the book um, with their quotes. And they just talk about things that are related to offensive line play in the book. Uh, so, you know, there, there's tons of good nuggets in there, a lot of good insight into the position. I've learned a lot from it and continue to reference it to this day. So I'd, you know, just kind of plug that, uh, right away, but man, sad, you know, to for, for a guy like that, to pass. It, you know, that, that impact, uh, is going to be felt across the NFL and, you know, football landscape, uh, for some time. And, and his impact as a coach is going to last, you know, forever. Uh so yeah just just wanted to at least talk about that briefly um and if you go to my Twitter account at Brandon Thorne NFL, i have a a lot of uh, mud content on there uh just you know different excerpts uh that i've heard from him over the years you know he was a- affiliated with the scouting academy which i'm a part of um he was one of our instructors uh so i got to uh, be affiliated with him and you know that that way which was you know an honor um, so yeah, just, just really sad, you know, to, that, that he's gone, but, um, just really, really cool to think about, uh, you know, how long his impact is going to last, you know? So I, um, you know, I think it's, it's a great time for people to learn what he was all about and, uh, just kind of hear the stories that I'm sure are going to come out. Um, but, uh, you know, aside from, uh, you know, that initial part there, the pod, uh, what I really wanted to kind of get into here a little bit more is some of the film study that I've been doing recently. You know, I'm doing a tape right now for a Dalton Reisner a rookie left guard for the Broncos last year. He switched inside from right tackle at Kansas State. Uh, so really impressive switch there. Not only did he switch inside, but he switched sides as well. And man, like the more I watch him, I'm pretty much done with his with his season now. Uh, You know, I have a couple more games left, but uh, man, if you want to watch a guy do the little things well, uh, I would highly recommend, you know, getting on NFL game pass or, or, you know, wherever you can get access to the tape and uh, checking him out Uh, because, you know, the things that he does in pass protection, like how alert he is, it's really impressive, especially, you know, when he's uncovered um, the way he looks for work and just makes himself useful when nobody's around him. You know what I mean? Like His spatial awareness, too, to always stay on the right level with his center and left tackle is really nice. Um, And he's consistently using that off inside hand to help the center with his eyes over to help the left tackle. Um, And I think he is probably going to be one of the biggest reasons why uh, Garrett Bowles could see the best year of his career in 2020, um, you know, because of how much he helps him. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think that there's probably a pretty low chance that Garrett Bowles, you know, finally puts it together um, in what this is going to be year four or five in 2020. But, um, you know, if he's ever going to do it, it's this year. I mean, it's the second year under coach uh, Mike Munchak. It's, this, only the, it's the first time that Bowles has ever had uh, the same... Uh, left guard and I believe offensive scheme in back-to-back years in his career so far so that's you know I think if it's going to happen it's going to happen this year plus he ended last year on somewhat of a high note compared to the disaster that the first part of the year was for him and really you know just the disappointment he's been overall so you know don't mean to get too sidetracked there on bowls, but uh Reisner's a guy who I just you know I, I can't watch enough of. I mean he you know and in the run game, one of the things that he does so well is knock the three technique defensive tackle over a gap by getting his shoulder and his his uh, forearm into his hip and his ribs. He does a great job knocking his guy over before he climbs. Um he's just really savvy, uh, you know, especially for a rookie to do these things. These quote-unquote little things at such a high level is, I think, really rare. Um, you know, he has some things to clean up uh, with his hands uh, in terms of, you know, striking pass rushers being maybe a little early sometimes or a little late, um, and you know, just some some small things with getting to his his spot and pass protection quicker um, and more efficiently. And uh, but I mean, you know, everybody has you know something to work on, especially young guys. Uh, but you know, all things considered, I, I did my tiers for left guards heading into the year and I believe I had him in tier three, which, uh, you know, I think he's, that comes out to a top 10 left guard in the NFL. Um, so I I certainly think he warrants that just after one season. So it's, it's really impressive. Um, so it's really cool to be able to do this, uh, work on him. So uh, that'll be, that full tape uh, will be on my Patreon account, and then I'll, of course, post some stuff on Twitter, and uh, you, you'll see more of it um, on, on my social media accounts. Uh, so that's been cool to do, and then I also have a Donald Penn's 2016 season coming up that I'm going to be going over uh, later on in the week and next week, uh, so very excited about doing that. I watched a ton of their uh, tape in 2016, but never really focused on pen every snap for the whole season. Uh, so that's going to be really cool to, to make a tape on that as well. Um, so yeah, just staying busy fortunately with that, you know, I, um, man, I also am going to be doing my mismatch article once the season starts for establish for the run. So that's, you know, coming up as well. Um, but yeah, you know, without further ado, I just want to go ahead and get into this interview with uh, Damon Harrison. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. And it's cool to have a defensive lineman on the podcast to get his perspective on things, which I think you're going to really like. So, so here we go. Here's my interview with uh, Damon Harrison. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best most honest bidding site where you can win things you've never expected at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts every 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use offer code Trench or DealDash.fm slash Trench. That's DealDash.fm slash Trench. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right everybody, I'm here with Damon Snacks Harrison, currently a free agent right now, played for the Lions last year and uh somebody who I've had a lot of respect for. His career is incredible. Um not too many guys have come where he's from, where he's come from and lasted as long as he has and played at high as a, of a level as he has either. So it's really an honor to have him here and get to talk to him a little bit about just, you know, his game and his journey. So with that said, uh, Damon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this.
1: Oh no, man! Thank you. Appreciate you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I just kind of wanted to just get your kind of thoughts and just you know, in your own words, uh, the start of your career in the NFL. I think is pretty incredible, uh, considering kind of your background and the fact that you're coming from a school, William Penn University, which is the in the NAIA, and you were undrafted. And now here you are, uh, eight years in, 111 starts. I mean, like, how did you do it? Like, well, I guess, what do you think about when you, when you look at it like this, you know, kind of the big picture of your career?
1: Well, um, it was tough in the beginning, um, you know, just trying to not only prove to You know the coaches and the players that I belong but just trying to prove to myself I can belong because um what did I belong because in the beginning I kind of got in my own way my own head you know it's coming from William Penn where you know on a consistent basis I'm going up against guys who are you know six foot five eleven you know what 220 30 40 50 pounds um and occasionally you'll come across the 6'3", you know what I mean? Uh, but for the majority of the time, it was smaller guys. And I get to the NFL and everybody's huge. Everybody's an athlete. Everybody's strong. Um, so it was just kind of just trying to prove to myself that I can do it. Um, but, you know, once I once I got a couple of practices under my belt and, uh, you know, I felt comfortable, you know, the, the rest was history.
0: Right. Man, that's – so early on there with the Jets, uh, were, were there like a was there a mentor on the defensive line that kind of helped you, or a coach that kind of really helped guide you along that you you know credit for some of your success?
1: Well, I got to give credit to the entire defensive line at the time. Um, you know, they embraced me. Uh, everybody from you know, Sione Puhai, uh Brandon Dixon. Um, a young Muhammad Wilkerson, a young Kenrick Ellis, uh even a rookie guy that came in with me, Quentin who was one of my best friends to to this day still. Um, he he pretty much took me under his wing, showed me the ropes. And, you know, the veterans made sure to to to, to try to even Mike DeVito, I'm sorry, I can't I cannot forget Mike DeVito. Um they all just they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. You know, I was that kind of guy who was always scared to, you know, to get cut or, man, I'm doing this wrong. I'm about to get sent home, you know, just being afraid. And, you know, those guys made me feel confident. And, uh, you know, they helped me every single step through the way. It was It was a group effort. It wasn't just one guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's – that's really cool to hear and you know your time with the Jets the end you know towards the end there is when I really kind of started watching you and that's when I got into all this I think it was like 2014 time frame and then really followed you since and um, you know I what stands out to me when I think about your career the years that really stand out to me the most I think were like 2016 with the Giants um, because the battles that you used to have with the Cowboys, for instance, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick. Can you talk about those a little bit?
1: Oh, those are tough. Uh, That was probably the best one-two combo, guard-center combo that I've faced in my entire career. Mm -hmm. And they both were pretty much similar. They both were big guys who were smart and could move, you know, the majority of the time. I say it all the time. Back when I first came in or even around that time, the offensive linemen probably be, probably did two of the three things well. You know, either they were big guys who were smart or they were guys who can move and were smart just didn't have the size. Um, but those guys, that offensive line, they had all three. So, you know, just to, to be able to come to a division with them and, you know, face them twice a year, it, it was pretty challenging. But it was always great, great battles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And – you know, when you're
1: going into a
0: matchup against elite competition or even very good competition and, you know, during the week for film study, like what, what is your mindset, I guess, either yours individually or, you know, the defensive line rooms that you've been a part of? Like what what are some things that you look for on tape that could maybe give you an advantage or, you know, anything like that?
1: Uh, and it's crazy, but to be completely honest with you, and everybody who's ever played with me knows, you know, the coaches. I'm not a film guy. I don't, I don't watch film. Wow. Um I'm, I'm more of a field guy. I understand, okay. you know. i We have our things in the in the defensive meeting rooms where we go over these are the schemes. That just give me the scheme that they like to run, gotcha. and I'll do the rest. You know, I don't want to be chasing ghosts out there when they do this. This happens. Like, no, I'm just a field guy. Wow. And um once I get a good feel of the game the flow of the game, I can attack based on, you know, what I know that you like to run. But as far as studying individual guys, no. I don't I I, I pick up I pick that up throughout the game. We get on the sideline, you'll see me talking. Um a lot of times I'm just talking to myself, going through my mental roller decks. It's a it's a system that I have in place when I'm lining down, what I check for and that helps me jump plays. I know plays are happening you know, before they even happen, and that's not even watching the film. But I've never been a big film guy. I just feel like it, it just slows you down as you start to think too much.
0: Got you. Yeah, that, no, I could see that. I mean, um, you know, I don't talk to a lot of guys that say that, but now that you explain it, it, it makes sense. I can understand the logic in that for sure. And it's just, you know, watching you on tape and studying your game, uh, one of the things that I always kind of recognized about you is I think a lot of people talk when they talk about you know your game they they just kind of think of you know the general oh he's just a run stuffer um it, you know he just uses his size and his strength to you know hold the point of attack or you know things like that but it, there's so much more nuance there and one of the things that always stood out to me was your mental processing that's what I call it some people call it awareness uh, whatever but your ability to you know see things before they happen and react like i i remember a play that you had with the giants it was uh, you recognized a screen so quick and you were able to chase it down behind the line of scrimmage um you know which is another thing another part of your game uh back then especially was you know your range uh i think was pretty impressive in pursuit as well but it's pretty cool to hear you say that though i mean I don't, you know, I don't think a lot of guys can play as fast as you do without really kind of, you know, getting in depth on their opponent. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and don't, I, I, like I said, I watch the film in the in the defensive room. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when they go through the plays, these are their top plays, these are their top formations. Um, you know, this, this is what they like to do on this down the distance. Like, if you give me that, I can handle the rest. What do they like to do on, you know, after uh, on first down, after uh, well maybe second down on the second down after a run of maybe five yards, what did they like to do? And I got to give credit to Coach uh, Dunbar and uh, Rex Ryan. The big thing that we focused on while our group was so good at playing the run uh, at the Jets, we focused on the depart- departure angle of the shoulder pad. Mm. I know what play is happening as soon as the ball is snapped based on the angle of the guard or whoever I'm lined on shoulder pass while keeping an eye on the guy on the backside. You know what I mean? Like now I can attack you. I come off strong, use my hands at the point of attack because you can be trying to block me any way that you want. But if I can get my hands on you and lock you out, your entire play is messed up. Mm -hmm. Now it's just stacking that shit in which I believe I was, was and, didn't show it last year, but still, in my opinion, still the best at stacking and shedding offensive line, which is why I made a lot of chapters throughout my career. But you're absolutely right. It's a it's a thought process and a lot of other things that go into it once I line down, trying to understand what's happening or what's about to happen. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That um, angle of departure, of the shoulder pad—I like. That's exactly the kind of stuff I like talking about because it's something that I've never heard, and it's something that is, you know, pretty unique. I think that you know a lot of people in the media don't really ever kind of notice or talk about. Um, but someone who kind of prides himself being a scout, I like learning that kind of stuff because it helps me, you know, make sense of what I'm seeing on film. Um, so that that's really cool. So that that was some, that was something from Rex Ryan, right?
1: Uh, yeah, Rex and uh, Coach Dunbar. I think that was more so a Coach Dunbar thing than a Rex thing. But there's you not know, Rex without defensive line coach? He might have got it from Rex. I mean, Dunbar was my defensive line coach. He might have got it from Rex. But he was the guy I just used to hear say it a lot, and Rex used to preach arm over man. Rex was a huge arm over guy. So if you watch our defensive line from When I came in 2012 to 2015, which was my last year, you'll just see everybody's arm over, backside, arm over, same side, rip. That was something I did throughout my entire career.
0: Got you. Okay, yeah. I'll have to go back and check that out just to see it. Um, Yeah, I mean, the stack, you know, I say stack, shed, swim, but, you know, arm over, kind of same thing. That's something that you've gotten so good at uh, over the years and, kind of a staple of your game um is there any other like staple of your game that you could think of you know that uh, you've relied on in your career to to win at the high level that you have
1: um just like i said just the point of attack trying to win at the point of attack can i get my hands on you before you get that second step into the ground Mm mm-hmm I mean, no matter, I mean, especially on run plays, it's, it's the second step to me is the most important step. Your first step can be whatever it is as an offensive lineman, but if I get my hands on you before that second step or in the process of you making the first one, which is why I won a lot at the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah. So just, I, I would say just point of attack and understanding the departure angle of the shoulder pass were my two biggest things because it's, it's a, if you can recognize scoop, you know, reach, cut off. if you can recognize all of that stuff, then you'll be fine. Because now I can not only play you, the guy I'm lined off of, but I'm reading what the backside guy is doing without even looking at him. So if I see scoop, I know to shoot my hands backside. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I play back into him, but – shoot my off hand backside to him to try to stop him from trying to cut me off so that the guard can get up to the to the uh to the linebacker. So by the time whoever I'm lined up on recognizes that I know what's happening, it's too late.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm actually watching a clip of you do that against the Vikings last year on a combo block outside zone. You you kind of backdoor it at the last second. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean last year, you know, that was you know that you know watching all your snaps uh and everything i mean it seemed like you got stronger as the year went on as well i know you were dealing with some stuff that kind of slowed you down early on but it seemed like you kind of regained a little bit more of uh you know what you could do towards the end there so um yeah i mean i'm excited to see what happens this year and uh see if you can kind of pick up where you left off
1: oh percent. if i step back on the football field this year you'll see Everything that I've done before last year, you know what I mean the last year, I think it was like I said it was tough. I was dealing with a lot of things physically and mentally um the business side got in the way early on, which I haven't had to necessarily deal with in my career because everything was just you know setting in stone undrafted free agent, this is this, or you know free agencies coming. I went to the Giants, and now it's under contract trying to figure out a trade or ended up getting a contract extension done really wasn't focused on football at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of the things got in the way of last year and i I take full responsibility for that.
0: I got you. Yeah. So um, last thing that I wanted to just ask you about is, you know, we talked about Frederick and Martin being probably the, the best one, two combo that you've faced in your career. Is there, Another couple guard-center combinations, not even combos, just individual guys that are maybe underrated that you, you know, had some battles with that, you know, you think that were just kind of overlooked?
1: Uh, Rodney Hudson. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Treader has wow, been good.
0: Yeah, that's a
1: good one. Um... The Castro, obviously. Yeah, man. Brandon, That's... Brandon Brooks. Hmm. Um, and uh, as far, because I play some three technique too, but as far as tackles, it's obviously Tyron Smith, Lane Johnson, Mitchell Schwartz, um, Ormstead down in New Orleans. Costanzo, I think I that's his name if I'm saying it right. Now. I don't mean to say it wrong. Um Yeah, that's right. Indy. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, those guys are um even even and even Pouncy used to go at both the Pouncy's
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We used to go at it, man. Um Yeah, that's
0: Yeah, that's a good list. Okay. And
1: Trey, my guy Trey, cannot forget about Trey. And Shaq Mason and with the Patriots, those are those are two pretty damn good players.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, man, Hudson, you know, I, you know, I think now the last year or so, people are starting to really realize, I guess, how good he is. But he's been good for you know quite a while. One of yes, yeah,
1: last... since, since he was in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, Kansas City, man. He was really good there. He's. So good on the move too. He can, you know, like you were saying, the three things offensive linemen kind of need. You know, definitely the movement for him has always been what he kind of hangs his hat on. But he's he's also really good, you know, at the point of attack and that kind of stuff too, and also very smart. So
1: definitely, right. And it and it shocked me. It shocked me when I played against him for the first time. You know, just to see how how good he could move, how good he moved, and he's he's one of the bigger guys. So. I mean, I, I he earned my respect early on when I played against him. It was it was tough, man. It was
0: tough. Yeah, that's that's good insight, man, and just good uh, just good knowledge from you, and just everything you shared. I mean, I really appreciate it. I know the listeners will as well. So, I uh, don't want to keep you any longer. I appreciate you taking the time doing this, and um, maybe you know I could talk to you again this time next year or something. And uh, yeah, man, just. Hope you stay safe, and you know, hopefully we get to watch you again play football.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. Hope you stay safe too, boss. All right,
0: man. Take care. Thanks. Bye.